Well, with that said, go with me to the book of John, chapter 3. time today because I want you to get it. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him Jesus answered said unto him verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it come or whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. I want to preach to you today about the Pentecostal experience. Would you lift your hands and ask the Holy Ghost to help us now? God, we need you. We need your touch. We need your spirit to pull, to draw, to tug, to move, to change, to touch. Do, God, those things that only you can do. 
may be seated. Thank you for standing. Pentecost is not a religion. Pentecost is not a denomination. Pentecost is an experience. It is at its root a deeper experience with God. Deeper than most churchgoers obtain. It is a genuine new birth experience. And if you have experienced that, aren't you glad you have? I take nothing away from the fact that there are a lot of people even here, that have had an experience with God. But perhaps not a new birth experience. And here in John the third chapter, Jesus is speaking. So you can't say, well, that's what Atkins thinks. All I can do is give you what the Word says. I've only got one book to preach from, and that's God's Word. Jesus tells Nicodemus about this new birth. He said in John 3 and 3, Jesus answered, and said unto him, Verily, verily. When you see that word verily, it is, it would be summed up in our modern vernacular as saying, Listen up, pay attention. This is very important. You get this. So Jesus is saying, Nicodemus. This is very, very important. You get what I'm saying. Except a man. That's not gender, that's mankind. Be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Pretty plain. That is a very strong statement that Jesus made, but it is the foundation for salvation. Except a man be born again, Jesus said, You cannot see the kingdom of God. So, according to Jesus, not some man made idea or philosophy, but Jesus, according to he, according 
to Jesus. You cannot see the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. That's more than accepting. That's more than believing. I didn't say it. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, period. So in order to see the kingdom, and I will repeat this over and over so, so it'll, it'll be grained in your brains according to Jesus. If you're not born again, you're not seeing the kingdom of God. So the question that needs to be answered is, how then is one saved? How then is one born again? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, the problem is people have taken just that verse and have built salvation on just that, and they want to make men believe how to be saved is you have to believe in him. But the part they're overlooking is the Bible says if you would get in the book for yourself, for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Not would not perish. So if you believe in him, then you shouldn't perish. But it's not a guarantee you won't. So believing, I don't take nothing away, believing that Jesus is the Christ is a must for salvation. How can you be saved by somebody you don't believe in? You have to believe in him. But the problem is people put the stakes in the ground at just believing. But the Bible don't stop there. Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe. But there's no period there. It continues that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you can't just, according to that verse, you can't just say, I believe in him and stop there. You've then got to seek after the one you claim you believe in. And you've got to seek him diligently, constantly. An, an ongoing process of seeking the one you say you believe in. 
In this verse, we are told that we have to have faith. We are told that we must believe. But then we got the seeking without faith. It is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There's the faith. There's the believing. But then comes the seeking. We must believe, but then we must seek him. Romans 10 and 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness but it doesn't stop at believing and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation what you have in here will show up out here so you have to have faith you have to believe you have to seek, and when you seek, you say something. It's not just believing in your heart. Because the, that same Bible tells you that the heart is deceitful above all things. And then the question is presented, who can know it? So you say, I believe the Lord in my heart. Well, your, your heart's deceitful. If you really believe from the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to say something. Come on, confession is made unto salvation. There must come a time in your life when you get tired of your sins, you get tired of the road that your sin has taken you down, and you make up in your mind, I'm going to start saying what I claim in myself, I believe. That's called repentance. Repentance seems to be a forgotten word in Pentecost, but repentance means to ask forgiveness of sins and totally forsake them. So repentance is not a 360. It's a 180. This was the theme of, that Jesus preached in. Matthew 4, 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance is a very important part of salvation. In fact, it is the step you take after your heart believes. Could it, let me just talk to us Pentecostals. Could it be that the reason repentance is a forgotten word is because we feel like it doesn't have the glamour that baptism and Holy Ghost does? Let me just ask you, when was the last time 
you read a Facebook post about how many repented. But you will, you will read, we just baptized 20 today and 30 got the Holy Ghost today. Okay, but what, what did they do before baptism? Did you just hurry up and get them in the water or did you give them time to forsake their sins? Jesus spoke very strongly about repentance in Luke 13, 3. He said, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. If Jesus told us then, if you don't repent, you perish, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he himself called himself the word, then the word doesn't change, which means in 2022, it still stands. If you don't repent, you perish. I didn't say it. book you claim to believe in said it it is the desire of Jesus that everyone everyone is a born again believer not just a believer except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God it's what Jesus said Then we see that Nicodemus, after hearing this, asked Jesus how to be born again. Luke or John 3 and 4, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus thought that to be born again was another natural birth, but Jesus explained it was a spiritual birth John 3 and 5 Jesus said verily verily there it is again listen up pay attention I say unto thee except a man be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God If ands or buts about it, that's what Jesus said. It takes water and spirit or you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Notice there are two things that the new birth consists of. Water, spirit. So the only way, I will say that word again, the only way to be born again, the only way to see the kingdom of heaven according to Jesus is water and spirit. Jesus spoke very strongly about repentance and then he spoke strongly about baptism. Mark 16, 16, he that believeth And is baptized. So you don't stop. This is the third verse that doesn't stop at believing. So why do you? Yeah. 
he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. If baptism was so important to Jesus that he said, if you don't believe, you're damned. And to be saved, you've got to believe and be baptized. If baptism was that important to Jesus, he's not going to then come along and say, but I don't care how you are baptized. Baptism removes, it remits, it washes away our sins that we just repented from. Repentance allows mercy to forgive us, but baptism allows the blood to wash us. And I only know one name that's got enough power to remove and remit and wash. Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name, the name, the name that Peter was talking about in Acts 4 and 12 is the same name he declared in Acts 2.38 when Peter said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is authority in the name of Jesus. There is blood in the name of Jesus. And when you go down, you better go down in that name. Don't, don't, don't check out just yet. For those of you that are new to this or feel like I'm stepping on your toes, don't check out just quick. The Catholic Encyclopedia, the Catholic Encyclopedia states that the original formula that was used by the apostles, who by the way was chosen by Jesus to do the works he did. The formula they used in baptism was in the name of the Lord Jesus, which means they don't do what they themselves say the apostles did. The Trinity formula 
was developed later being introduced at the Council of Nicaea in the year 325 A.D. But before 325 A.D., we got a Matthew 28, 19, where Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. See there, Atkins, you said it yourself. I do what's in red. Baptize in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Ghost. Well, a very interesting the word name has no S on the end. So it's singular, not plural. It says to baptize in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Ghost. Look at me. When you see me, you see a son. You see a father. You see a husband. But that's not my name. If you want my attention... Don't say son. Every son's going to look at you. If you want my attention, don't say father. Every father's going to look at you. If you want my attention, don't say husband. Every husband's going to look at you. If you want my attention, you better say my name. And are we not made in his image and in his likeness? So if you want his attention, you better use his name. John 14, 9, Jesus saith, not my words, Jesus saith unto him. Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Not my words. Jesus' words. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Who said that? Jesus. So according to Jesus, he is the Father. Which means the name of the Father has to be Jesus. When the angel was dispatched from heaven and stood before the Virgin Mary. He declared to her in Luke 131, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. 
son and shall call his name Jesus. So the name of the father is Jesus. The name of the son is Jesus. But then Jesus again led us to know the name of the Holy Ghost when he said in John 14, 26, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name. So the name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. So when you're baptized according to Jesus, it needs to be in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Ghost, which I just showed to you in Scripture is all Jesus. What's so confusing about that? What don't you get about that? He's not confused of his own deity and neither am I. He has all power in heaven and earth. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the ending. He's the first and the last. Let me just show you how mixed up man and the devil gets people. John 8, 44. The devil is called the father of lies. Pay attention. The devil is called father of lies. Ephesians 2 and 2, the devil is called an evil spirit. John 12, 31, the devil is called the prince of this world. You can't be a prince without being a son. So the Bible calls the devil... A father, a spirit, a son. But everybody believes in one devil. So if the devil's got the power to be all three and still be one then don't you put my Jesus on a lower scale than you do the devil. He can be Father, Son, Holy Ghost and still be Jesus. He can be bright and morning star and still be Jesus. He can be, he can be the root of the offspring of David and still be Jesus. Jesus didn't stop at water. He said, except a man be born of water 
and of the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. In this, Jesus gave a secret to Nicodemus of those who are born of the Spirit. John 3 and 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it come or whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus, when someone's born of the Spirit, it's like the wind. You can't tell where it comes. You don't know where it goes, but you will hear it. It's more than just a blessing. It's more than just a good feeling. It's more than just a shout. You will hear it. When they are born of the Spirit, you will hear something. And there is a distinct sound that happened on the day of Pentecost. And it happens every time someone is born of the Spirit. For Jesus said, everyone that is will be like this. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you've not talked in tongues, you don't have the Holy Ghost. When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, it's more than just an added blessing that you may or may not receive. It's more than just goosebumps. You will talk in tongues. Tongue is the evidence that a person has received the Holy Ghost. Isaiah 28 and 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. So with all of God's power, with all of God's ability and wisdom and knowledge and understanding, why would he choose tongues as the evidence that someone has received the Holy Ghost? The answer unfolds in the book of James chapter 3, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Hell controls the tongue. For every kind
kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. The tongue is the most unruly member of the body and it is the member that James said is set on fire. It's controlled by hell. Man cannot tame it, only God can. The tongue is the last member of our bodies to yield to God. That's why God chose it as the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Because when you talk in tongues, when your tongue yields to God, now God has everything about you from the inside to the outside. And the very thing that hell controls and you can't get victory over, only God can, is the tongue. So he uses it as the evidence that you now have had the Pentecostal experience. The Holy Ghost is more than just an added blessing. The Holy Ghost is a must for salvation. John 16, 13, howbeit when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. You can't have all truth without the Holy Ghost and that's why you need it. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. You can't have joy without the Holy Ghost. That's why you need it. Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You can't have power without the Holy Ghost. That's why you need it. Romans 8, Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, then he that raised up Christ shall quicken your mortal bodies by a spirit that dwelleth in you. You can't have a resurrection without the Holy Ghost, and that's why you need it. The Holy Ghost will change you. It will wash you. It will deliver you. It will heal you. It will redeem you. It will restore you. It will protect you. It will empower you. That's why you need it. be born again of the Spirit means to be baptized by the Spirit. John the Baptist said in Mark 1, 8, I indeed baptize you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. 
And then Jesus said in Acts 1 and 4, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When Jesus died, he died on the day of Passover. Then he rose again the third day. Acts 1 and 3 says, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And then not many days later, in a seven-day prayer meeting that ended on the 50th day, God fulfilled the promise of John the Baptist when he baptized those in the upper room with the Holy Ghost. The word Pentecost means 50th day. Therefore, Pentecostals are referred to as those who have had the same experience as they had on the day of Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord, in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire that set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them that's my that's my foundation. That's my home. That's where the church was born. That is the Pentecostal experience. There is a belief, the most common belief in denomination, to be saved, accept him. In other words, choose him as your Savior. I didn't give you this scripture, but John 15, 16. This is the words of Jesus. Ye have not chosen me. I've, I've chosen you. He said, no, no, you don't choose me. I'm not a choice. But when you repent of your sins and when you are baptized in my name and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, I choose you. Now you're my son. Now you're my daughter. Now you're my kid. 
So, so if you're out there and you and, and 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 you're saying to yourself, "Well, I've chosen him," let me ask you: Has he chosen you? Who died for you? Who bled for you? Who suffered for you? Who gave his life for you? But when you're baptized, just don't use that name. So so you'll pray over your food in the name of Jesus. Before you take a long trip, you'll pray for safety in the name of Jesus. And we even got ball games that preachers are invited to and they'll pray over ball games in the name of Jesus. But when it comes to salvation, when it comes to baptism, it don't matter. So, so you think your food is more important than your soul? I, I know it's different here because of the screen and, and the baptisms in, in the back, but, but, but most of you are old enough to remember. This is just casual. I, I've, I've never been there live, but I've, I've just observed it. When, when converts and denominal churches are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, there's not much joy. Those of you that have been there, can you testify to that? There's not much enthusiasm. You just kind of go down, get up, and leave. No one sings. No one rejoices. Am I right? No one claps. But when we baptize, we want to get as close to the baptistry as we can get. We start praying. We start rejoicing before they ever go down. When they come up, they got a big smile on their face. The singers start singing. The church starts rejoicing. You know why? Because there's something about the name of Jesus. And until that name has been invoked over your life in baptism, then don't you judge us. Don't you criticize us. We remember the road we were on. We remember what Father could not do and Son could not do and Holy Ghost could not do. The name of Jesus did in a moment, in an instant. And when we came up, old things were passed away. And all things became new. Only the name can do that. Only the blood can do that. Only the power of the name of Jesus can do that. Remain standing. Main standing. When God sent Moses to go back to Egypt 
and preached to the people that were still bound up in Egypt. Egypt was a representation of this world. Pharaoh was a representation of the devil who keeps God's people back and will not let them go. Moses is the representation of the preacher who comes along in the face of the devil and hell and the world and preaches about freedom, about liberty, about a, about a promised land. In the message that Moses preached to them, I do not find where he told the people, God has a way out for you. And you can choose the way out. There is nowhere you will find that Moses tells God's people, there is a promised land waiting on you, and you can choose how you get there. See, see the, the, the denominal world is of the persuasion that Going to heaven is like going to New York. It doesn't matter what road you take, you'll eventually get there. But the difference is we're not going to New York, we're going to New Jerusalem. And in the words I've read to you today from the mouth of Jesus, there's only one way. There was only one way out of Egyptian bondage through the water. And Paul told the, told the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 10 that the things that happened to them were our examples. He said that they were baptized in the sea and they were baptized in the cloud. When they passed the Red Sea, the cloud is what hovered over them by day and led them along the way. The cloud is what hovered over in the tabernacle when the priest could not stand to minister. The, the cloud was the representation of God's spirit. So the only way out of the world, the only way out of Pharaoh's control, the only way was to be baptized in the water and in the spirit. So don't you dare call us a book of Acts, church. This thing goes all the way back to Exodus. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again of water and spirit, because that's the only way out. Now, now here, here, here's what happens when you preach like this. Here's what happens. The devil gets in people's minds, and he starts whispering to them, that preacher is up there putting your mama in hell because she was never baptized in Jesus name 
I know how he works. He, he whispers, so, so, so he's saying your whole family is lost. Let me ask you this question. Did one time in 54 minutes and 11 seconds, did you hear me say your mama's in hell? Then don't put words in my mouth. I don't know about your mama. I'm not preaching to her. I don't know about your family. I'm not preaching to them. But the Bible makes it very clear to save yourself. I'm preaching to you. So when you leave this house, every one of you in person or online that's heard this message, your blood is off of my hands. I can help what your mommy or your daddy did. I'm not preaching. I'm preaching to you. So now, it's your choice. To do what you've heard all your life from what man has said. Or do what I just gave you scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture of what Jesus said to do. If if you're going, if you're going to listen to somebody about going to heaven, you may want to take the words of Jesus before T.D. Jakes. You may want to take the words of Jesus before Rod Parsley. You may want to take the words of Jesus before Charles Stanley. You may want to take the words of Jesus before David Jeremiah. You may want to take the words of Jesus before Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I know I'm calling names out because you need to understand what Jesus said. Jesus said, except a man be born again of water and spirit, he cannot enter. We need to pray right now. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. We need to pray right now. Someone's, someone's salvation is weighing in the balance right here.